Hello everyone, welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda, and today we have a special guest. Her name is Tanya Parker, also known as the Throat Chakra Shaman. Now today's conversation is a very interesting one. We talk about how our paths change. And, you know, even if you look back at your life 10 years ago, it's very different than perhaps what your life looks like now. You're in the process of paving new paths while crafting your journey your way. And so Tanya is going to share with us some of her own insights and some of her story, which I'm sure will inspire you. And it's interesting because sometimes you know exactly what you want to experience and how, but what happens when you trust the roads that appear, even when you don't know where you're being led or why? And that's often the case for so many of us when we start on these journeys of learning more about ourselves, trying to understand our purpose, our path, what life is all about. So Reverend Tanya Parker, also again, the Throat Chakra Shaman, shares her amazing adventure of becoming while inspiring us to be expressions of divine love and trusting divine guidance for ourselves. Now, she has combined her background as a psychotherapist and prevention specialist with certifications in massage, natural wellness, aromatherapy, and metaphysics. Now, the result in all of this is mind, body, and soul food, a harmony of flavors featuring integrative workshops and retreats. Tanya also facilitates women's healing circles, communication coaching, and offers signature sacred healing sessions. She finds joy in being a healer's healer, and this radiates through her story during our interview. So get comfortable. I hope you enjoy the show. And if you want to learn more about Tanya and her work, be sure to visit mbsfood.com. That's MBS as in mind, body, soul. mbsfood.com. And you can also tune into her own podcast, which is called Mind, Body, Soul Food on Blog Talk Radio. Okay, so that is it. And enjoy the show. Hey everyone, so welcome to today's episode of Reiki Radio. We are here with the beautiful Tanya Parker, who is also known as the Throat Chakra Shaman. Welcome. Thank you, Yolanda. It's great to be here. It's so wonderful to have you here. And I have to say just off the top, I'm like, oh, I'm reconnecting with um, home, right? Because I'm from D.C. So to have someone on the show from the DMV area, it's like very exciting to me. I wanted to point out and make sure everyone knows, uh, just to begin, that you also host a beautiful podcast called Mind, Body, Soul Food. Uh, I love that you know people are aware that there are other resources out there, so be sure to check out Tanya's podcast. But um, I wanted to know if you could share with us today like different layers and aspects of your work because it is so multifaceted and you have this beautiful message of inspiring people to do this their way. So first and foremost, what got you started on this path? How did you become the throat chakra shaman and connected to energy work and all of these beautiful modalities that you practice? That's a good question. And I probably tell the story differently every time. Um, I'll say that 
it's a long way from my original plan when I went to college. I was a math major, if you can believe that. Wow. <laughs> and then I didn't stay a math major long. And then I ended up as a, next it was a French major. And then I didn't stay there long. And I ended up in sociology. And it was really a default because that was... Uh, where I had the most credits at that point, and I wanted to graduate on time. So, <laughs> so I mean, I love people. I love learning about people and cultures and groups and things like that. And um, then I went to grad school and stayed in grad school for a while. And I became a counselor, a licensed professional counselor. And so I really got a chance to... Um, use one of my gifts, which is a gift of gab, and one of my gifts, which is listening and, and deep listening. Mm -hmm. And I stayed in the profession for 10 or so years, I guess, and I realized that it just wasn't providing what I wanted it to provide. Mm -hmm. I felt that there was something more. I felt limited in how I was seeing my clients. Um, there were whole layers of life that they experienced that we didn't delve into. Right. We were limited by managed care and the number of sessions they said we could have. And I didn't know anything about transpersonal counseling or not much. I mean, I hadn't delved into it. Um, now I have friends who incorporate all this wonderful holistic stuff into their practices. But back then, this was like the 80s and 90s. Mm. Um, so I didn't have that direction. And so for my 30th birthday, some friends suggested I go and see their massage therapist. And so I um, saw the therapist and I was just enamored. It's like, oh my gosh, where has this been all my life? So I decided I wanted my clients to feel like I felt when I went to get massage. I wanted clients who wanted to see me, who felt good when they were there. They were smiling. They were smiling when they left. They couldn't wait to come back. Right. And so what I realized as I went to massage school and I um, incorporated both practices together, um, and this is more of the retrospective lens, is that I was activating my throat chakra. I was really working with mine and working with others. I'm really looking at helping others to express themselves, express the truth of who they are, um, to release blockages to that. And so um, the counseling did that, the massage, I tend to get the sticky necks and shoulders. I have been doing that since 1999 and, um, you know, you come in stiff necks, frozen shoulder, what have you, I will work it out. And I'm grateful for that skill. And I began to learn more about the mind-body connection mm -hmm. and, um, and how they really are connected and, and looking at the chakras and the energy systems and, and things like that and how releasing the blockages um, on one level can impact another level and knowing that dis-ease truly doesn't usually just start in the physical realm. It's, um, um, can I say, just listening to what you've shared so far, I think 
even your work and your experience, it highlights uh, how for so long we have been only focused on the mind. And it's really mm -hmm. interesting hearing you say this because I have uh, known and worked with many people who are um, therapists and counselors and a lot of them now are feeling restricted in the work. And it's mm -hmm. interesting that this seems to be opening up where there is more of this realization of that mind, body, energy, connectivity, mm -hmm. and looking at the whole picture of who yes. and what we are. Yeah. So I, I wanted to ask you about that too, because when we spoke before, you did mention that you um, spent many years working in a hospital and it was in that setting that you even started practicing Reiki and aromatherapy. So mm -hmm. what was going on for you at that space that would even transition you into that type of work? Well, that's a good question. By this time, I had left the counseling profession. I had gone into prevention work for a few years. I left that and I became a corporate trainer. I realized that I, yes, I am a healer, but I also am a gifted teacher and I love to teach. Mm -hmm. And there is a connection, there's healing through my teaching and there's teaching through my healing. And so I was a corporate trainer. I loved my work. I loved my, you know, everyone I worked with, but I realized I'm in this allopathic healthcare system. And there, there was just this disconnect that was there after a while because you know, when you walk into a space where everything is problem focused, mm -hmm. you know, looking at pathology, that wasn't a place, even in my counseling training, um, that didn't feel good to me to automatically go to a diagnosis. It became rote after a while, we had to do it, but I didn't want to look in those terms, use that lens. And so just being in that setting, that's how it was. So um, the more I was introduced to Reiki by someone I met at a party and, um, it really appealed to me. And, um, I didn't know if the Reiki was because, Ooh, she's cute and I'm getting tingly or wait, something's happening to my knees right now right. for real, you know, and I got up and I was able to walk and it's like, Oh, I'm not walking with a limp. I'm feeling pretty good. So when my boss, who was also into the woo-woo, mm -hmm. um, she suggested that we get tra Reiki training together. And I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, let's do that. And so we signed up and she didn't show up, but I did. And, um, and so the rest really is history in terms of the Reiki. That was back in 2005 when I became attuned. And I really... One, I enjoyed the healing modality. I enjoyed being able to body scan and really tune into the body and listen to it and learn what it was saying. Because like with many of us in Reiki, if we had not before, our intuitive senses open up. Right. Um, when we go through the attunements and the more we connect in with that energy. Mm -hmm. And so that was giving me even more information when I worked with people within their body and whatnot. And so um, I also went in and got aromatherapy training, realized I had an affinity for plants um, in that way. And so I just started expressing my more authentic self. And when I left the hospital in 2007, I fully expected to get another job at some point, but I could not get a job. 
everything was like a closed door and it kind of forced me to put out my shingle full time, which I had not planned to do. I mean, right. this was a sideline type income, maybe something for retirement, you know, a nice skill I could trade with people, yeah. or, you know, all of that good stuff. But no, Spirit had another plan. Spirit was just laughing. <laughs> and um, so I kind of went through the back door into, ah, here I am, a holistic health professional, a holistic healer, teacher, and writer. Well, and can so, I, you know, doing. It's so interesting now, again, speaking with you again, because when we first spoke and one of the things I, you know, I knew would highlight in this conversation with you is you share how important it is for you to help people um, connect with themselves, understanding the connection through to spirit helps us to understand ourselves, but yes. also knowing that there are layers to this, like um, stepping into becoming a healer or being a healer and that you can do it your way. I think that's what I loved about your message so much is like, you know what, for people to understand they can do it their way, but listening to the path you took, right? Who would have imagined you, right? Okay, so you are a counselor and you are very connected with behaviors and the mind. So it's like without even knowing, you are already in training for this work that you're moving towards, right? And then you move into all of these other things. You become very focused on connecting to the body and I think it's so interesting because a lot of times people look at their path as like, am I on the wrong path? This is not where I'm supposed to be. Not recognizing how those dots connect and create this picture of what you're stepping into. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to ask you about that because you do have um, so many, uh, so much rich experience and knowledge and information in the work you provide. Mm -hmm. How did that work for you? Like, did you already start bringing in making these connections or was it something that developed in your practice where I was like oh my goodness I'm I'm using all of this that I've experienced over the years that's a great question Yolanda um I don't know if I was always conscious um I think I was really floundering for a bit um and trying to find my way and I remember a conversation I had with a mentor, friend, um, my shamanic studies um, teacher, and he knew I was struggling with this thought of being a massage therapist after going to college, going to grad school, getting three different degrees, multiple certifications, and I'm doing this manual labor. Right. You know? And so... And he said something to me that really, really struck me and it stays with me. He says, don't you realize it does not matter what modality you use, you are the healing. Mm. And I was like, wow, wow. <laughs> and what I started to realize from feedback that I got from people, all I had to do is walk in a room and healing would take place. I remember the director of nursing, the vice president of nursing at the hospital um, said to me, she says, you know, I don't know you very well and I don't know what it is about you, but when you're in the room, I feel a sense of peace and calm and I'm just grateful for that. And it struck me and I've gotten feedback like that before and I realized that, you know, as 
you know, people have their different modalities. And I think Reiki has been the one for me where I've really, really connected in with spirit, Mm -hmm. connected in with the energy, with the oneness. And I realized that Reiki isn't something I do. It is, it is who I am. I live the Reiki. And so I think that was a big distinction for me because before it was this modality and it's like, what? I don't feel like a master. I've gotten the master's level, but I can't teach anybody this. And I went for years, five years saying, no, 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 no. I was asked by, I know, at least 20 people to attune them. I was like, no, I don't do that. That's not me. You know, I'm just, I incorporated in my massage work maybe. And I don't think I even was doing any Reiki sessions, but um, it, it felt haphazard in some ways, but then different things I would incorporate to build and bring an income would happen. So um, one of my housemate asked me back in 2007, I believe it was, end of 2006 or 2007, she says, you know, you know, would you consider cooking for our faculty? And the faculty she was talking about was the InterVisions Institute for Spiritual Development run by Mm -hmm. Ayala Van Zandt. Wow. And so I was like, well, you know, I don't do that professionally. You know, I make food for hospitality at church. But she'd see me cooking at home. She'd see what I'd take to hospitality. So I said, okay, I'll do it. And so for three years, I cooked for Ayamla and her faculty um, each month for the full weekend. And that started my catering. And I started doing personal chef work. And then after some years, I stopped. And I realized that periodically people would reach out to me and say, hey, um, I'm experiencing multiple myeloma. I have Lou Gehrig's disease or what have you. Can you make food for me? Mm-hmm. And so I would help people with special concerns or issues. Um, and that became a huge component for me because I realized food is powerful alchemy. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, along with the essential essences, that's another of nature's gifts that I've been mastering. And today I was thinking, wow, I was doing a lunch and learn where I was literally doing the learning. I was doing a workshop um, talking about food for mood and I had made the lunch and I realized, oh my God, I got this gig all month doing this um, with this company, I got this because someone had come to one of my winter witch suppers um, and I had made butternut squash and apple soup that she loved. And spirit told her to reach out to me and to see if I could help with their wellness initiative. And it became so much more than me making soup for them. Um, And I got a retreat chef catering gig because of a mistake I made making a pot of greens where I accidentally put too much red pepper flakes um, in the pot of greens and I was fishing them out and it's like, oh my God, these are going to be too spicy. (laughs) And they were the bomb greens and everybody loved them. And one of my friends who was there, he remembered it. And a couple of months later, he said, hey, 
I know of a group who's looking for a retreat chef for two weeks in Virginia Beach. You know, are you available to do it? And I'm like, can I do this? You know, I haven't really done a lot of cooking in a while for other people. You know, it had been years since I had worked for Intervisions. I stopped that in 2009. And so I said, okay, I can do this. And so I have continued to do some retreat chef support, um, do a soup of the month club. My food has been one of my forms of healing. Okay, so, wait. So yeah. wait, you say that? You there's so many questions that popped into mind, but there's three I have to say with what you shared. One, I love hearing your story. I think it highlights what so many people struggle with in this, but you seem to, and I'm sure you had, you know, your challenges, but listening to you, it it sounds like you did it with such grace. And that's where we mm. don't know how we're being led or why. A lot of times, you know, doors close and we, we're like, oh my goodness, what am I gonna do? And then there's these opportunities that appear and a lot of us ignore them because they don't make sense. Right. But you just followed and all these new doors kept opening, these new experiences. Mm. But even more than that, it's like you, you started to reveal all of the layers of your healing. Like it wasn't just this, uh, I think there is an idea of what a healer looks like or is supposed to be, but here you are revealing all of these layers and different aspects of your mm. embodiment of healing, mm. which is great. The other thing, uh, food for mood. That is an amazing <laughs> item. What? That's so good. But you also mentioned your witch luncheon. So I, I I do want to um, ask you more about the retreats that you do because they're mm -hmm. very, it's so interesting, but can you share with people the acronym, uh, which how you use that and what that even means and what, mm -hmm. you know, people experience in these type of gatherings with you. Thank you for asking. So I came up with that. You know what? I say I, but you know, in all oneness, it's spirit working through me. Mm -hmm. Um, came up with this acronym for which um, and it stands for a woman in tune with conscious healing and so when I was writing my book diary of a witch's daughter um, that is what came forth because you know here's this teenage girl who's struggling with her mom and how people perceive her mom who really is a holistic healer you know, and she's similar to me and many friends of mine, et cetera. And, um, but people look at her as woo-woo, crunchy granola, different. Um, and so they just like to call her a witch. And yeah, she's kick butt. You know, she's an alchemist. She knows how to wield magic in that way. And it's become such a dirty word, something that has been shunned. And so I wanted to own the word, to, you know, empower the word and to say, yes, I am a witch. You know, I don't ride on a broomstick. I don't cackle. And I usually don't have any warts. But <laughs> I use my powers for good, yes. And I can alchemize the heck out of some food and wonderful blends. And with my healing touch, my little hot mitts, as my clients um, like to call my hands. Um, and I can see transformation take place um, through spirit working through me. And so 
the Winter Witch Supper Series was another amazing inspiration that came through spirit that I resisted for a while. And then it's like, okay, let's do it. So I took the cold months and I, I said, here's an opportunity for me to cook because I love to cook. Right. Um, and I love making soups. It's my favorite thing to make and people love my soups. And I had ended my soup of the month club, but I wanted to offer something for the community. I also love being in community with women. Mm -hmm. And so here was an opportunity to build community with like-minded, light-minded women, um, to feed them yummy, nutritious foods, and to highlight someone else, someone else who's considered a witch, a woman in tune with conscious healing, and have her to come and present the program. Because there are times when I love being behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, I can be a ham. I don't mind being on the radio. Hey, you know, on a podcast. But I love sometimes just letting others. And that's what my podcast is about. Much like yours, you're highlighting someone else and what they offer to the community at large. And so, you know, we looked at, we had um, Ife Taya White out of the Sea Islands of South Carolina. She was home visiting and she said, yes, I'll do it. I'll start you off. And so we looked at balancing our masculine and feminine energies. Nice. And um, all of these were experiential. Next, we had um, Mama Omasi Wilcox, whom I knew from Intervisions Institute. She had just retired from their faculty. And Mama Omasi talked about trauma intention tapping. And that was powerful to learn that tool. And then I had my friend, Julie Magram, my trade partner for acupuncture, actually. And she um, looked at um, the mind-body connection and taught us different easy techniques to help tie those together. And then my partner, Reverend Nim Bay, um, she came forth and she did, um, it was... Um, third eye work, you know, working with the third eye. And so that was pretty juicy too. So it was lots of fun. And I will repeat it again later in the year. I decided, let me expand this. It won't be winter. We'll do fall and winter. People like soups then, you know? So. Yes. Well, the whole time you're sharing this, I'm thinking, oh, when I go to visit my family, I'm coming for your soup, whether it's a workshop. Okay. <laughs> you're invited the door is open oh please no truly like i you know and for anyone else interested because as you're saying this i'm like this is something i would absolutely love to be a part of um they can obviously learn more on your website which we'll share and will also be in the show links but i please keep me up to date with the dates so because okay. you know coming to see you get that food see my family win-win okay um, yeah so you also, I mean, now that we're talking about um, the different offerings you have, I know that, you know, you've been referred to and you do enjoy, it's like you're the healer's healer and helping people to really um, reveal their own connection to source and their connection to their healing ability. Uh, I just wanted to ask you, what even makes that so important to you? And what is it that you really do hope people know or understand about themselves? Mm. Mm, those are good questions. You know, I, I really desire to live my passion. I want to serve. And I was scared 
to say that before because I thought I would have to give up something um, or lose a part of myself. But I find that when I serve, I have fun and it's a win-win for everyone. I am having a good time um, and I am helping people expand and grow and see more in themselves than they ever envisioned. Um, when I was doing back doing um, a shamanic group back in 2007, I was part of this beautiful community. And one of the shamanic journeys that we took had us to go and um, on the journey, we were to learn our shamanic name. And so back at that time, there were periods of time where I didn't have as much confidence. And I sometimes questioned what I heard. Was it truly from spirit? Was I making stuff up? Because, you know, if I was making stuff up, it was some pretty darn good stuff. Right. So what I heard was um, my shamanic name was Iris. And I'm like, Iris? Okay. And everybody had these really neat names, you know, like Slayer of the Dragon, or I mean, that wasn't really a name, but I mean, you know, and I had Iris, you know, a right. flower name. And so what um, our facilitator told me is, look and listen for how that's connected to you. So I looked at Iris, I was doing a Google search, I was thinking Florida Lee, all these connections. And then bingo, I came across it. The goddess who rode the rainbow from heaven to earth. Wow. And it really tied in with the shamanic work because we're working in the physical realm, we're working in the non-physical realm. We're making that connection with spirit and with the earthly things. And so I am able to harness that ability to alchemize what I desire in my life. And it's important for me to help others too, really expressing their heart. What is it that they desire in life and truly want to be? You know, what is it they truly want to express? You know, whether it's something they want to say, something they want to do. Do they feel stuck in this office job that they have or in this relationship that they don't feel fed or loved or cared for in? Um, so I just show up as the healing, however I can support. And, um, and so that it, it's really important for me because I do believe I've been a student of A Course in Miracles. And I believe that when I'm healed, I'm not healed alone. So my healing is your healing and your healing is someone else's healing and their healing is my healing. So I am very invested in everybody showing up as their best self. You know, right. there's no competition. Um, there's room at the table for all of us. You know, I'm very open handed with other healers and supporting them yeah. and referring to them, lifting them up and partnering with them because I love collaborating Yes. And so, you know, as Jessica Rabbit would say, I'm just drawn that way. Ha, I love it. Yes. <laughs> so there's, I love that. So there's two things uh, that come up with that one. Um, so in addition to the retreats that you facilitate, and we're going to, I want to ask you about the ones coming up. Uh, you also do one-on-one -on -one work with people that are working through their layers or healers that are trying to go deeper into 
their practice and embodiment, they can work with you one-on-one too? Almost definitely. Um, I offer sacred healing sessions and that really encompasses a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. So for some people, they're looking for a massage therapist and that's what they come to get. I'll say they come to get because they may leave with a little something else, you know, and then others may want just a Reiki session. You know, some may want cord cutting or um, chakra balancing. Some may feel like there's something that needs to be released um, or they feel stuck in their life um, or they're not expressing themselves fully. Um, And so some just don't know. They'll say, so-and-so said, I need to see you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they get sent to me and they figure it out why they're there. And so um, between that and the oils and we may do breath work and chanting and meditation and spirit is speaking, so intuitive messages and um, all of that. Well, you know, it's actually listening to that, it blends into the second question I had for you. Because it's beautiful that it sounds like you have, um, you know, ingested these different practices and, you know, work through your different layers using these different tools. And then you've come into your own way. And a lot of people struggle with, you know, like say, for example, they start with Reiki And then that curiosity starts to open up, right? And you start feeling called to other things. But a lot of people doubt it or think like, no, because I haven't perfected this one thing yet. Not understanding it's a constant unlayering. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you, how like was that process for you? And what does that look like and feel like for you to bring in all of these elements and like make this beautiful, you know, offering that's just yours, uniquely you? Mm. Ooh. Mm. How do I do it? I can't say it was haphazard. I, I can't say it was random. Mm-hmm. I know spirit is working. So it's always being open to spirit. Mm-hmm. And my early morning time is just when I feel so connected. And I receive these amazing downloads, downloads, downloads. And some of them, I write them out, I type them up. And it can be years later, and I find them. And so that has been the case. Um, I did a self-care Saturday series where I did a workshop each month. Um, I think that was for the year 2015, 2016. I had done that. I think I got that download like in 2009 or 10 and I had saved it in my computer and I come across these things and some I have absolutely no memory Um, as it happens with spirits work, you know, so it's just, you know, finding them, hearing them. Is this for me? Is this for someone else? Because sometimes it is for someone else. It's not for me to do. And then I love words. I love language. I'm a writer as well. So I have to label things. I have to make a sense of things. And so that's why I didn't feel comfortable saying I am a massage therapist or I do massage. It's like, I do more than massage, but you know, in today's society, you say that and people start to wink at you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's like, no, it's not that kind of party, honey. You know, like, what is it? And it's what I do feel so sacred to me. And I, I really work hard to create a sacred space for the healing. So there it became, you know, sacred healing session. It seems like a big, all I keep 
thinking or hearing in the background while you're saying this is trust. Like how much it must have taken so much trust for you to just continue to be open, right? I mean, it seems Mm -hmm. like you're just open and you keep allowing, like opening and allowing and trusting even when you don't know what the outcome will be. Mm -hmm. And um, that's a beautiful thing. And I'm sure just, again, hearing your story will inspire people to recognize those opportunities and uh, inklings and callings and stirrings that come up for them that they may be in resistance to. Maybe it will uh, support people in considering being a little more open about it and, Mm -hmm. you know, seeing where it goes. But I wanted to ask you too about the retreats that you hold, because I know you're going to Sedona in August Mm -hmm. and then uh, Dominican Republic in 2020. So what are Mm -hmm. these retreats about? Because I saw there's like food and connection to nature. What are you doing? (laughs) Oh, yeah, we do lots of good stuff. You know, once again, Yolanda, I tell you, sometimes I come up with this stuff you know, I'm thinking, oh, this is a wonderful opportunity for me to cook, you know, and have a good time. I really think part of the retreat stuff, how it's evolved from a day retreat, which I started in 2014 doing that and extended workshops. Um, there's a part of, I'm very communal. Um, and that's, that's how I'm drawn. And I want to live communally, kind of like an, an ashram, but I want to create it in my kind of way with right. like-minded people and everything. And what I find is with retreats, that is an opportunity to live in community for a specific period of time. And so um, my partner and I came up with this term, sacred sojourn. And so, you know, it's a short stay, but during that stay, we are very intentional about providing an environment, providing activities, rituals, food, um, tours, um, personal healing to help people to connect deeper to themselves, to source, and whoever else is within the community. Um, we want to leave the land better than we um, than we found it. So we do healing there of the land. So in Dominican Republic, it, it certainly has um, its past. And so we, we made sure that, okay, we are sending healing and love to the African um, ancestors there, whose a lot of the history has been lost. It's not really honored right. or attended to. And to the um, Taino Indians, on the indigenous um, there and to, you know, the Haitians who've come over and, you know, the current Dominicans, whoever is there, we are sending healing to the land. We are doing our healing on the land. And so it's, you know, it's transformative. If you're sensitive to energy, you can pick up the shifts, you know? So it's not as if we're just going and we're touring and, you know, we're doing some fun stuff. Sedona, we've been doing for three years and, oh my God, the vortex energy is so palpable. It's so powerful. So to do healing in that area, it, it like, oh my gosh it has you spinning like the vortex. Um, And this last trip that we took last year, it it was like there's, it was really hard to ground after that and to connect back into this world. I really felt like I was in some other realm and sleepwalking for a bit. Um, And I finally connect back in and 
then go to Dominican Republic in January. But, um, um, but yeah, there, it's really amazing. And we plan certain activities and certain rituals, but we also have to see who's there Mm -hmm. and what they bring to the table. And what we do is we practice Donna. So everyone gives back to the community in some way. So it may be that someone says, okay, I am going to be the one to empty the dishwasher every morning, or someone is going to uh, maintain our altar and feed the ancestors. Someone may say, okay, I'm going to teach a yoga class, or I'm going to teach Qigong or Mm -hmm. sacred dance or someone this year um, who's going, she's going to do a candle magic workshop for us. You know, so everyone gives back something. Yeah. Um, And I love that because, you know, I love the whole dance of generosity and reciprocity. You know, that's really important to me. Well, it's, it's, again, listening to you, it's, it highlights a few things that so beautiful. One, that you even uh, make the space to have reverence for these places that you're going into, because I think we go into these different, I mean, we walk around life, quite frankly, a lot of times like mindlessly and not really having like a respect for the different environments we're going into and how we influence these environments as much as they can influence us. So Mm -hmm. the fact that you would intentionally take time to um provide healing to leave you know any imprint of i want it's like a it feels like an exchange of gratitude you know like Mm -hmm. going to a space and saying thank you for being available as space for us to occupy and here's our thanks back to you um but also when you're talking about how communal right I think that is so powerful as well because it's enough. And we know doing this work just to connect to ourselves and what that stirs up. But a lot of us forget how uh, much we need to feel communal. So even though these retreats may last a weekend or however long they are, I think for a lot of us, we just need that spark again to remember how connected we are to each other and to nature. So that sounds amazing. And the retreats, all of this is on your website as well, where people can learn more about what you do in that arena. Yes, yes. I have a women's weekend retreat um, with um, my healing sister, Robin Bell. And that's here in the DMV area, out towards the mountains closer to West Virginia. And that is June 21st to 23rd. That is a weekend um, that's about sold out though, but we have Saturday only options. We have a couple more spaces for the Sedona retreat. That's week long, August 23rd through 30th. And then we haven't gotten our plans out yet for DR in January of 2020. But definitely we're opening to doing more. I just can't clone myself right now. But, um, you know, it's great partnering with my partner, Reverend Anim, with the Sacred Sojourns trips and offering that and um, also sometimes bringing in a guest host as well. So this year, my friend, Reverend Anthony Farmer, Reverend Dr. Anthony Farmer, who's, you know, my healer, uh, shamanic teacher, mentor that I mentioned earlier, actually, I may may not have said his name, but he will be a guest host in Sedona with us. So it's chock full of, it's amazing. 
And, you know, we build in tours, you know, we've gone hot air balloon riding, we've gone on the Jeep tours, we take a day tour to the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Eat yummy food, because sometimes (laughs) we go out, sometimes, you know, we're doing the cooking, you know, we do provide some of the meals. So (laughs) well, I wanted to make sure to ask you about this too, before you go, because another thing a lot of people do look for a really good informative um, podcast that can feed their soul as well. And I mentioned it in the beginning, but I would love if you could give us some more insight around the podcast you have mind body soul food, which is an amazing name. But um, what is that podcast really about? Who's it for? And what do you all talk about? Mm, that's a good question. Gosh, the podcast started in 2010. And it was one of those taking a leap of faith. I was writing for a publisher and um, for an online magazine. And they started um, a series of podcasts and said, okay, any of you want to join? And I'm like, can I do this? I don't know. I'm Sure, let me do this. And I didn't know what I was getting into. Mm-hmm. And apparently I was a natural and I have been doing it since then. Um, we give voice to the vision of amazing light workers and healers. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's to go with the metaphor, because I told you I love, I love words. I love writing, you know, so it's divinely delicious consciousness um, creating um, information that we provide. So we have holistic healers, light workers, metaphysicians, um, some shows we have different folks providing readings. Um, there are some shows um, where I have authors of different books. Um, we just had a psychologist slash spiritual coach, and she has she's chock full of two. Um, <laughs> Dr. Sean Hicks, she was on this month and she talked about healing generational wounds. My next show is having um, an Ia, um, a priest in the um, um, one of the Ifa traditions, and she is going to talk about um, connecting with and honoring our ancestors and how that can help support us in the work. Um, so. I, it really has been a lot. I had a man on years ago from London who was known for being responsible for getting over a thousand women pregnant. Oh, wow. And, and, well, actually he was an acupuncturist and, or he is an acupuncturist. And so, uh. yeah, <laughs> but he, he specializes in fertility issues and he wrote this yummy book about you know, shifting the lives of all of these women and families. Um, and so we have run the gamut from topics. You know, Wait, I love that you said it that way because I think it, it highlights too how much we misunderstand when we don't go beneath the surface, right? Right, right. Uh, right. Hey, that was a good one. <laughs> um, I wanted to because I see we only have about 10 minutes left and I, okay. I have to ask you about this before we go. Um, Last time we spoke, you said something that really struck me, and I was asking you about being the throat chakra shaman, and you said, I want my voice to invoke a response. Oh, Can you yeah. just, you know, elaborate a little more on that? I thought that was I, so beautiful. <laughs> I, that's Thank beautiful. You. Thank you. Um, and 
I think I remember saying that now too, because sometimes I have amnesia about whatever it is I say. I have to tell you, it was back in the 1990s, early 2000s. And, you know, friends used to, you know, for lack of, um, <laughs> lack of other options, they were thinking, you know what, you should go into phone sex. You know, you just <laughs> have that type of voice. So thankfully things have evolved to the, not that there's anything wrong with that, but to the point where now people say your voice is so soothing and, and therapeutic and it's one of my healing modalities. And so, you know, I recorded a meditation CD. I did the audio recording of my children's book, Diary of a Witch's Daughter. And I do voiceover work. And so I want people to be able to hear my voice and to, to have a response, not one of, oh my God, it's like, you know, chalk, you know, the, the nails yes. on the chalkboard. No, I want the opposite effect of that. And, um, you know, if that's the only way that they get to connect with me, then I would love to leave something with them. And if it provides some sort of soothing or some response, then I am grateful to be able to serve in that way. Um, sometimes when I can feel small and isolated and am I making an impact, seeing like one person at a time or maybe a small group or just doing a small retreat or something like that, I realize my voice has been heard around the world um, through either the radio show or the meditation CD. And I am so grateful to be able to offer healing around the world through my voice. I got a reading years ago and I always remember Reverend Jane, shout out to her. She says, your voice is to be used to heal around the world. And I really didn't know what she meant at the time. And so now I do. Well, I think I do because there are limitless possibilities and I'm going to keep following spirit. And if there's some opportunity that arises out there for me to use my voice more then heck yeah, I'm going to do and it. And you do, um, people can also connect with you to present. You're also a presenter and I'm sure from listening to the show, people would recognize you obviously would do that very well. I mean, it, it really does. It's interesting for people listening on the podcast. I'm sure they will hear the joy and the love that comes through you just expressing what it's like doing this work and what your experiences have been. But for people who watch this on YouTube, it's been really interesting seeing your the way you animate yourself and you throw your head back and the <laughs> smile on your face. I mean, it's like the joy literally does radiate through your voice, but also through mm -hmm. um, just, again, like the way you animate yourself. So, yeah, I think you're doing it. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> oh, listen, I am very thankful that we met. I'm thankful I found your podcast and that you agreed to come and share your work with all of us here in this community. Um, I really do look forward to having your food and meeting you in person. <laughs> That's we're going to work happen. it out. Yes, we're we'll going to work that out. out. Um, but I want to make sure, of course, I said I will put it in the show notes, but can you let people know what are the best ways to contact you? Website, social media, where should we go? Mm -hmm. Okay, great. The best uh, way to contact me is via email. Um, 
which is Tanya, T-O-N-Y-A, at mbsfood, as in mind, body, soul food, dot com. Tanya at mbsfood.com. Um, they can also go to the website and, you know, check out the things that I'm doing and... And that's my reminder to update the website. <laughs> you know, when you're having fun doing the work you do, sometimes you forget the details. Oh, I know. Yeah, I have to alchemize my assistant. Yes, honey. <laughs> yeah, and ask if she has a sister for me. Like, seriously. Okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, we're calling that in for both of us. Yes. Yes. <laughs> It, this has been such a beautiful conversation and I, I am very thankful for this. And I just want to encourage everyone, if you enjoyed this conversation, Tanya has inspired you in any way, be sure to go to her website, mbsfood.com. You can email her, reach out to her, check out her podcast. And I know I saw you on iHeartRadio um, and we can find you on Blog Talk Radio as well. Is that correct? Yes, Blog Talk Radio, MBS Food, um, iHeart Radio, Spreaker, um, I can't remember what else. That's my All partner takes care of those details. I'm not great at that. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I'll put the links in the show description so it'll be easy for everyone. So thank you so much for being here and we will see all of you next time. Okay, everyone. So I want to thank Tanya again for coming on Reiki Radio and sharing her story with us, sharing her insights. To learn more about her work and her retreats, be, be sure to visit mbsfood.com. The links are provided below in the show description. And if you want to access 22 Days of Transformation, a guided journey that helps you to understand how to become an observer of yourself and go deeper into your own process, another layer of self-transformation and energy work, you can sign up for my newsletter at theenergeticalchemist.com. And once you sign up, you'll get access to the 22 Days of Transformation as well as Creating with the Moon and Stars so that you can be kept up to date about the energies that are flowing through our lives month to month. So there's so much information for you there at theenergeticalchemist.com. Be sure to reach out to Tanya. Let her know if she inspired you in today's show. If you do enjoy Reiki Radio, I'd really appreciate your ratings and review on iTunes as it helps us to grow and to keep having wonderful guests come and share with us. So I thank you all for being here today. And remember to always journey in love. <music>